Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. In this episode, I want to get into the idea that uh, you know, with markets moving a little bit lower, what are some of the headwinds that are really pushing stocks in that direction? So just to go over a couple of numbers, if we go back to the end of July, the, uh, in the U.S. equity market, and as measured by the S&P 500, so a larger cap index, it was up 20.6% year-to-date through July 31st. But since then, the market has fallen about 6%. So given a decent amount of that back and the arithmetic works out to the year to date number is now 13.4 still a pretty healthy number but it does beg the question what in the heck's going on that's driving markets to kind of uh, react and move lower so we kind of think of it as a handful of headwinds that we're going to get into um, and obviously that'll define some further sort of reflection and an investor reaction through the balance of the year and into 2024. Uh, so let's start with, uh, so I'm going to go through four topics. Let's start with something we've been talking about, which is the idea that interest rates are going to be higher for longer. So, of course, influenced by Fed policy, which itself is designed to slow the economy and which may in, in turn uh, sort of erode earnings, uh, the Fed is basically signaling, they just had a meeting and they s- published their summary of economic projections, and they're now signaling the funds rate is going to remain about uh, above 5% um, until 2025. And that's sort of in Fed speak for the funds rate, uh, uh, higher for longer compared to past forecasts. And the market's sort of taken that in. And the treasury curve, which of course has the current 10-year rate, but also one can infer the forward rates for the 10-year in 10 years and in 20 years, basically the the curve is, um, is assuming a, a, an above 4% Ten-year rate uh, for the next uh, few decades, basically. So higher for longer on interest rates. Now, next up is the consumer. So the consumer has been sort of what's been behind the stronger than expected economic growth for the first part of 2023, and it's certainly happened for the first half in the preliminary sort of uh, pre-release numbers. But the data that we're seeing for the third quarter is signaling another positive uh, GDP print for the third quarter, but we're seeing th- some things happen that uh, we think is going to slow the consumer down um, around now, right into um, the latter part of the th- very latter part of the third quarter, but but then of course into the fourth quarter here. The first is excess savings. So the savings uh, uh, in excess of trend as a result of the pandemic was almost $2 trillion. And the punchline is the bulk of that has been spent down. So that excess savings uh, translating to excess uh, uh, spending basically is is softening at this point. Next, student loans or uh, payments are going to re- be resuming. So that's a redirection of some a monthly cash flow from spending uh, back to um, student loan payments. Uh, we know that interest co- uh, costs are rising with this higher uh, rate environment. So, for example, the mor- the average mortgage rate rate has hit seven point seven percent, which is su- super significantly high compared to the low, which hit back in February of twenty twenty one for the average rate at two point eight percent. So that's a significant move. Uh, we've seen a few cracks in the labor market. We've talked about in recent episodes, so that's sort of a, a recognition that maybe the strong job market's going to uh, cool a little bit. And then, in a uh, in a recent report from what's called the Conference Board, basically 
we've seen an eroding level of confidence from the consumer with what's called the Consumer Confidence Index falling to 103, uh, which was um, uh, below expectations and a big drop from the pre- previous print at 108.7. So again, wouldn't worry about the magnitude of those numbers, more about the delta, the change. Uh, now, uh, people are anticipating a recession next year, uh, and they're concerned about higher gas and grocery prices, as well as uh, higher interest rates and the political situation. That last comment brings us to the to, to the third uh, headwind, which is really uh, the idea of a potential government shutdown. Now, as I record this, it's Sunday, October 1st. What happened last night is that U.S. lawmakers did pass legislation to extend funding through mid-November, and it was a little bit of a bipartisan effort in the, in the sense of a, a good bulk of Republicans really uh, uh, negotiating with the Democrats to come to uh, an understanding, but it does hi- did highlight a couple things. One is that the uh, House of Representatives, which is controlled by the uh, Republicans, it, it is a little bit fractured, right? There's some extreme views actually in both parties at both ends, and that's making things a little bit more difficult. But also I would say, um, you know, th- part of this process in a way is to sort of reflect on spending. And we have a view that for the health of the uh, g- g- government in the economy longer term that we're going to need to see a slowdown in spending. And, you know, there's no sign of that at this point in terms of these negotiations. So we don't view that uh, too positively. In any event, the fourth headwind that I'll mention is the idea of uh, striking workers. So hundreds of thousands of workers have gone on strike in 2023. And, um, and if we go back a couple of years ago, that number was just 36,000. Uh, as of this recording, 25,000 of those on strike are United Otter Worker uh, members, and uh, you know, really striking in dozens of locations in numerous states, uh, states around the country. And of course, that's going to create a bit of a headwind specifically uh, for automakers. And uh, you know, there's all kinds of estimates out there, but the one I saw was estimating 1.6 billion in economic damage as a result of of that strike. And so again, there's. There's a lot going on uh, as it relates to all that, but it is a bit of a headwind that we think is influencing uh, the uh, equity market. So as we, um, so that that's really the topic I wanted to cover in this episode. As we look forward, we actually think this uh, pressure can continue a bit longer. Again, think of it as that this idea of higher rates for longer, maybe not yet being fully reflected in the views about the economy in the future. And therefore, and related the views about earnings in the future. So there's sort of like pressures that could lead uh, to the markets falling uh, a little bit further. And uh, and yet, you know, when we think about it, um, we do we do see um, sort of a light at the end of the tunnel as we move into 2024, where there's sort of generally speaking been positive momentum in the equity market for the full year to date period, a broadening of participation in. Uh, positive performance within market constituents and signals signs of, of, of improving earnings here or there. So th- these are things we'll be watching for to kind of turn the corner on some of this pressure on the equity market. So listen, thanks so much for listening uh, to this episode and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed. 